The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Adam McVicker sets us up about renewed calls for changes after, well, this was after a second horse died at the chuck wagon races. There's a horde in there off. The it's one of the most exhilarating events at the Calgary Stampede. But that excitement turning to concern on Wednesday night when a horse belonging to Aubrey Muddle Willow suffered a fracture in its left leg. This after the horse was checked several times by the vets throughout the week and was cleared to race. Unfortunately, it was found to have a fractured left front radius, which uh, was uh, an injury where there really wasn't any treatment options. So again, unfortunately, uh, led to euthanization. It's the second death of a horse during the chucks in three days, prompting renewed calls from animal rights groups here at home and abroad who want to see these races shut down. If we can't take care of them, we shouldn't put them in that situation. We think that they should uh, suspend the race, uh, get some experts together and determine whether something could be done to change the race that might make it safer. Stampede officials did implement new rules and regulations meant to improve animal and rider safety back in 2016, including changes to things like the placement of the barrels and reviewing driver safety records. The horses also undergo a fitness to compete program which tracks their health throughout their stay at the stampede. We're looking at the health of the horses, the, the safety of the wagons. We're looking at those a lot more closely. The safety of the drivers and, and their um, safety record, not just here at Stampede, but throughout the season. But again, there are things that are just beyond our control. We wish we could control them because no one wants an animal to be injured out on that track. Unfortunately, that was after the second horse died, now a third. And this time, a lifetime ban was dealt with at driver Chad Harden. A lot of these family names are well-known in the horse racing realm, in the chuck wagon realm, and their fame comes once a year at the Calgary Stampede. I've cheered for Chad Harden at the Calgary Stampede, and now he will not be returning. He's also been fined $10,000 lifetime disqualification from future competition. Like I said, Ian Tipton has kindly been hanging on a trainer with Tipton Horsemanship. Hi, Ian. Hi, Kelsey. How you doing? I'm good. I, um, I'm, I'm feeling naturally quite conflicted as we bring you these news headlines. I reached out to you because I know you clearly have a passion for horses and uh, you've, you've dedicated your life's work to these majestic animals. Where is your head at, at the, during this Calgary stampede? Well, you know, Kelsey, I mean, let's face it. I mean, uh, having a few horses, especially consecutively over a short period of time, get injured, um, you know, in the race is definitely something that raises people's ire and awareness, and I totally understand that. But, you know, there's a whole lot of activism around this sport and in the sport of rodeo and in a lot of the other um, events, uh, you know, involving horses particularly or other animals. And, you know, I think a lot of the opinions that come in to play around this are opinions of people who are not educated in that discipline or in that sport or even in the, you know, the interaction with animals. So I'm going to leave that part of it alone for a minute. And I mean, I happen to know a lot of really, really exceptional horsemen that, that run chuck wagons. And, you know, a lot of the horses that they get are spinoffs or, or horses that are disposed of off the track 
that have, you know, a choice between slaughter and perhaps a new career. And I mean, I know oftentimes it's a long rehab for these horses. These guys take, you know, they spare no expense in getting these horses fit and, you know, the proper vet care for them. And they're extremely well looked after and extremely well trained to do what they do. You know, and I know that Calgary does a heck of a good job, you know, every year on trying to make things better for both. I mean, let's face it, nobody wants to see, you know, accidents or injuries or what have you. It's not, you know, it's not the UFA, right? I mean, this is this is a, a sport that should be very entertaining and is very entertaining, I think, for the most part. You know, a lot of these horses, they run all year, and then they get to Calgary. I mean, it's their, their biggest show of the year, and these horses run successfully all year. Uh, they have bets on staff. Um, let's face it, I mean, they're doing the very, very best they can for these horses, and if a horse doesn't bet out or if the owner feels like he's not going to make that run, they pull him and they'll have a spare horse and they'll put that horse in and they do their best to preserve it. So, you know, it's, it's, it, I understand why you feel conflicted, and a lot of people do, let's face it. I mean, we're, we're entertaining, right? I mean, it's, people are out there entertaining the crowds, and, you know, but they're not throwing the horses under the bus, in my opinion. I, I feel very strongly around the, the level of care that these horses get and the level of care that they take even in the middle of the race. I've seen guys pull off you know, when things get ugly and looks like there's going to be a wreck and, you know, throw the chance of winning away. So, you know, to condemn a sport for, you know, an accident, I mean, let's face it, we've got all kinds of things out there. Life is dangerous. And, you know, we try to minimize that danger in everyday life, whether it's driving down the road or, or riding your horse or, you know, whatever, whatever comes along. But life is dangerous. And, you know, I know these guys do try to minimize the danger to the horses. The horses are very valuable. By the time they get to pulling a chuck at a race, they're very valuable horses. And, you know, from just from a monetary standpoint, it wouldn't make sense to, to throw them under the bus the way uh, I think a lot of people feel that these guys do. When you say life is dangerous and that's it, and I get what you're saying, I still remember one very emotional chuck wagon racer last year sobbing in front of the cameras as his horse was euthanized and I I know that it's tough and I know that you say in general we we have a risk every time we hop into our car but when you look at the numbers it's it's just hard to see and when we see three in a a one-week period I did look at the numbers of how many horses have died at the Calgary Stampede and it's just over 60 in 74,000 races when when you think about that it, it, but but still when you see it was I think it was 61 I think the last nights bumped it up to 62 I'm just wondering if we would take that kind of risk if it that was the number of humans that were dying every year in some yep. sort of a race yep it happens every year it happens in car racing happens in everything you know so like I said let's face it there's extreme sports there are things that where people put their life at risk every time they go out and compete um, and it's all through the equestrian world. Let's face it, I mean, it doesn't take much. And you hear about it every year. There, I mean, if you look at the numbers of people who die, you know, while they're exhibiting their horses, never mind the horse lives, but the person dies, it's, the numbers are far, far, far higher than they are in the chucks. You know, it just is, it is. It just is what it is. And, I mean, I know that that might sound callous, but at the same time, if you think of, again, that record, 
you know, you talk about the thousands and thousands and thousands of successful races, and then you see the, the percentile that actually get injured or, or what have you. It's pretty low, really, in the big scheme of things, I think. The racetrack, you know, there's a, there's a whole other industry there where there's a lot of depth there as well. And, you know, I mean, I know the activists are now starting to focus on the racetrack. But, you know, there's inhumanity to animals, you know, all over the world. And if people were to focus, I think, a little bit more on the deliberate negligence and, and misuse and abuse of animals, I think that they'd have a whole lot more on their plate than they do standing around the Calgary Stampede trying to, trying to you know, stop a sport completely while they do a study. They don't need to do a study. These guys do it every day. You know, the Stampede Committee does it and the racers do it. The industry does it. They're self-regulating, and they're doing a really good job of doing their very best. They don't need a study by a committee of people who may not even have any level of expertise, much less anything other than an opinion, really. So, I mean, you know, again, I don't have any personal interest in the sport. Um, It's not my thing, but I do appreciate the husbandry and the care and the the amount of... um, spare no expense that goes into these horses to be able to compete on that level and it's the you know it's the top of the heap and the pressure's on and i mean let's face it it's got a you know there's there's always that give and take or that risk as you add more speed or as you add more you know a different difficult condition let's say for instance like this muddy on the track and what have you you still got to make your run and they do it successfully and they do it over and over and over so you know do i condemn sport not at all do i wish the horses didn't get hurt yes i do but you know where do you draw the line right like where do you where do you start you know having groups of people determine whether or not something is is viable when the people who are doing it are are experts and they're the only experts really ian can you take us into the relationship between a competitor and their horse oh you know what kelsey if I couldn't even add the amount of hours that are spent with your animals when you when you have um, not just competitive animals, but let's just say in in the competitive world, the amount of just just man hours, much and labor, much less the expense of what goes into these horses, whatever they need. Like our horses routinely get, you know, they get body work done, they get reiki work done, they get, you know, I mean the vets out the teeth, the dental. They got a, they got a way better dental plan than I do. And, you know, I mean, so all of those things are constantly um, done with these animals, uh, you know, on a, on a 12-month basis. You know, there is no slack time in there for the owners of the animals, especially, you know, when they've got the kind of, uh, you know, value to the, to the owners that, that many of them have. And so, you know, I see people living on mustard sandwiches and, and get massages for their horse. So, you know... If that answers your question, I think that that's kind of the, the you know the general uh, consensus for the horse industry is that that's how people do it. We just got this text to six thirty six thirty out of camera saying, "Do you have any idea what a, a race day looks like for a horse?" Asking because I've toured with Gary Gorse uh, before, and he said between taking care of the horses, between showering, cooling down, feeding, inspecting the horses, it's a process of care. But then on the flip side, Ian said, uh, uh, Ian, when you were saying, you know, there's no expense spared here, a lot of saying, 
there's no expense spared, but the, the horse still doesn't have the, the choice to compete. And when we compare it to race car driving, that human is choosing behind, to get behind that wheel and put his that, foot at full speed. And, and that is the ongoing argument, Kelsey. And, and there, is no, there is no definitive um, way to, to, to change that narrative. There just isn't. It gains traction every day. And, I mean, let's face it, if we're going to, to have animals to compete with or to be able to involve them in our lives in a way that, um, you know, both human and animal get put at risk, it, it's just the human condition, I believe. I don't think that it's wrong. And I know, I mean, we have a couple of horses at home now that are well up into their 20s that had a fantastic competitive career and are completely sound and healthy. And, you know, so you, you, you have to look at the you have to look at the other side you know, of the literally millions of horses that are, you know, go from birth to death, you know, in a long, you know, like long lived, very healthy life that never, ever have to get thrown away or disposed of or whatever. They get cared for till the day they die. And a lot of times it is of old age. So, you know, you have to measure those, both those pieces. You know, and I mean, it's so easy to have a knee-jerk reaction to something, whether, you know, there's always a way to look at something and go, oh, God, they should have done this or they should have done that. But that's not necessarily, you know, the way life works. You know, you try to do your best, but sometimes they get around you anyway. Ian? You are, you are right about not having the knee-jerk reaction, and that's why I think it was really important for us to dig in a little deeper with you, and I'm so grateful to have your voice on this because there hasn't really been a, a big knee-jerk reaction in something changing. We've seen animal activists come out and, and ask for it to be canceled, called off, but really, we just kind of keep going business as usual, and they, they change some of the rules and they make it safer with the placement of the barrels, but we really haven't had it where it's a, someone has said, enough is enough, we're eliminating chucks. Well, and, and is, it, is it at that place? I mean, that's not my decision to make, and it's not my opinion to have, really, but I do believe wholeheartedly that everybody that's involved in that sport is in the water trying every day to make it better. It's not like it goes along, goes along, goes along, and then all of a sudden, oh, let's make a big change. That's, that's a knee-jerk. What they do is they incrementally change and try to improve, and they'll work the track where the barrels are. They'll do everything they can to try to make a safe start. And, you know, so much of the time it's the start that gets them. And so they really focus on that, and then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll improve that track the very best they can. And so it doesn't require a knee-jerk reaction. It's an ongoing process, and it is always in the best interest of the sport. And I don't mean from an entertainment standpoint. I mean from, a, from the other side, you know, the behind-the-scenes um, side where everybody's, you know, busting their butt trying to get things the way they should be. And, you know, if at some point the Stampede Committee and the chuck wagon industry and whoever's involved decides that they want to make a big change, well, then they'll make that based on, you know, uh, 100% clarity in their knowledge of what they need to change, not just a bunch of people who may or may not have any expertise throwing their opinion in the hat saying it should be done this way or it should be done that way. And so, you know, again, it's always that slippery slope. And, I mean, nobody wants to sound like they don't care and nobody wants to sound callous about it, but there's also... You know, the, the, the trend out there today is the activists are right because they're morally right. They don't have to be factual. They just have to be morally right. And I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly in life, period, but also, you know, around this sort of thing. 
And so I think, like I said, if, if there's going to be changes made, it will be done within the industry. And I think it will be done absolutely with the best interests of all concerned. Ian Morgan and I can't thank you enough for your time and your perspective. You're very welcome, Kelsey. It's always such a pleasure talking to you. That's Ian Tifton. He's a, a horse trainer with Tifton Horsemanship.